Well, hello, Pastor Nathan here. Hey, just wanted to let you know, during the recording of this upcoming podcast, we actually had a technical error, which caused about half of the podcast to be lost. Now, unfortunately, we didn't have time to try to re-record the entire thing. So here is part one of our discussion on what next-gen ministry really looks like, what it means, and we will come circle back around on this topic at a later date, so you will hear part two at that point. But right now, go ahead, take a listen. It'll be a little bit shorter this week, but here is part one of our discussion on next-gen ministry. Well, hi, good afternoon, good evening, good morning. I don't know what time it is, where you are, when you're listening to this, but we're glad you are. This is our Discovery Fellowship podcast. Now, um, we do need a better name for this show, I think. Uh, We're just calling it the Discovery Fellowship podcast right now, which is, I suppose, informative, but maybe not uh, the best. So if you have any suggestions for a name for this specific podcast, this topical podcast releasing every Friday... Email podcast at dfchurch.com. Give us your name suggestions. Now, as always, I'm your host, Pastor Nathan, and I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Matt. Hey, everybody. How you doing today, Matt? I am so good. Awesome. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Nathan, that's me. Uh, I'm the online pastor here at Discovery, and Pastor Matt is our next-gen pastor. And today on our podcast, uh, instead of hitting the third pillar, which would be build people... If you haven't listened already, our previous two episodes, we're hitting the first two of our three pillars of discovery, which is worship God and love his word. We were planning on hitting that third pillar today, which is build people. Um, But due to some scheduling conflicts, we have pushed that back a week. Now, you are not going to want to miss that next episode. We've got a special guest coming on. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you have subscribed to this podcast. Make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know. Uh, what you think so far, and then email us at podcast at dfchurch.com if you have any suggestions for topics that we can discuss. But today, as we're taking a, a, a brief detour before we hit our third pillar, I thought we would talk a little bit about youth ministry. As we have Pastor Matt, uh, he's our next-gen pastor here at Discovery anyway. So Pastor Matt, uh, you're the next-gen pastor what does that mean? Is that just a fancy title for youth pastor? Like we thought youth pastor is too old of a title. We've done it too much. Let's just give it a new name. Yeah. Um, no, it's not just a fancy title, uh, a new name for a youth pastor. Um, it encompasses a little bit more than that. So let me give you a little bit of background. Um, youth ministries and churches really took off in like the eighties and nineties with what you, like when you think of youth group, that whole idea really took off then. Mike Iaconelli, uh founded Youth uh, Specialties and really like pushed for this type of ministry to happen. And so youth pastors really became a big thing in churches. But one of the downsides to that is then you started to get these siloed-based ministries where now it was like there was the church, there was the children's ministries, there was the youth ministries, and they were all kind of operating on their own. Um And so in the last probably 10 plus years, you've seen this kind of shift away from that siloed based ministries into something more uh, cohesive. And so a lot of churches have started to adopt the a new role of either like a family pastor or next gen pastor, next gen meaning meaning next generation. Um, And so really my uh, 
oversight is from birth through high school and even young adults to really engage and connect the next generation and their families into what a life of worship looks like. Um, and so I work now closely with our children's ministries director, Mickey Lang, uh, in order to help provide a, a comprehensive vision and, and goal and philosophy of ministry between our children and our youth. And then it helps with parents because now we can engage them and point them to like the single purpose. Um, and then another benefit of that is it draws now our youth into the church as a whole. One of the things we've seen in churches, in youth ministry specifically, um, and I just mentioned this uh, to our parents here at Discovery, is that the statistics of how many of our young people are walking away from their faith in the graduate high school. And that's because they grew up in this siloed ministry where it was all about just coming together once a week and there is a bunch of hype with a few people my age, but there was never any understanding of what it actually looked like to follow Jesus and what it actually looked like to be in community with a local church body because they were so isolated. So once they left youth group, they didn't know what church was. And so kind of my role as next gen pastor is to help our students help our children, help our families to really see what it looks like for this multi-generational doing life together type of uh, Christian living. I like that. I like the multi-generational idea is really great. And I feel like a lot of churches, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do because every generation has their own preferences. And, and so much of church maybe has become kind of a consumer preferential based mm. thing, unfortunately. And so it's, if we cater to the preferences of one group, we're excluding another right. group. So what do you think, or like, what? Do, how do you see that playing out where we can help kind of pull that down and kind of move into that cohesive multi-generational um, service? Yeah, well, I think one of the big things is um, our older generations, we need to not look at youth as like a threat we need to not look at, at youth as um, a distraction or a burden. Sure. Um, I mean, in the Psalms, it tells us that children are a blessing from the Lord. If we actually believe what scripture says, <laughs> then we're going to start looking at the next generation as a blessing, as right. a benefit of, man, I'm so grateful that they're a part of this community. Mm. And now it's how can I welcome them in? So my like hope and prayer, not just for Discovery, but for churches around the world, is that the older generations find those young people and reach out to them and say, hey, come come in here. Come sit with me. Come be with me. Let, let me mentor you. Let me train you. Let me disciple you. Um, let me do life with you. Um, let me model for you what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Because some of us, we've been on this journey of following Jesus for many, many years, and there's young people who are just now starting to explore this. And so we have the opportunity to now model for them hmm. what it looks like. But I can't do that from a distance. I have to do that shoulder to shoulder, side by side, which means I have to kind of step out of my comfort zone yeah. and say, hey, teenager, come on in here. Or when they are in there, I'm not like giving them dirty looks like, why are there <laughs> all these loud young people in here? Sure. I think that's cool. And I think... Um... You know, as we say with a lot of things, there's it goes the other way as well. Like young people need to be ready to put down a little bit of maybe their expectations or their ideas of what it should be or their preferences mm. um, and understand that certain things are going to minister. I think, and this is not just young versus old or any, right. any preferential thing we get to, it, it's about saying... 
this is helping somebody else connect with God, even if it doesn't hit me as hard, but I can understand why this is good for them. And then if they're, if everybody's doing that, everybody is probably going to be getting filled up from one thing or another. I, and so I think that is kind of the, the idea or the goal or, or what we're, we're aiming for. Yeah. Um, definitely. There's this element of like, we're all in this together. Yeah no matter what age you are. And so how can we put our, whether you're 12 years old or 90 years old, how can I put my wants and preferences aside for the good of God's kingdom? Right. Right. It's not about me. It's about pursuing Jesus and about growing his kingdom. And that is going to look different in different cultures. Mm. As far as it, what we actually do for that, Jesus never changes. He's the same. Um, but maybe some of like the methods of how we do things might change. Um, and we've seen that throughout the years. You, one thing that, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but one of the things that we've seen kind of happen and, and shift in church culture, at least here in America over the last several years, is the shift away from like just a Sunday school model. Again, where you have isolated, siloed, age-based ministries, um, mostly trying to keep people separate right right like i feel like <laughs> kind of a weird thing for the church to do but yeah, yeah it's it and it's kind of like burdened my heart a little bit of you go to church and it's like okay i'm gonna go worship jesus over here i don't want you a part of it son or daughter you right. go over there right i can't think of a better thing than the worship together as a family sure not just with my own kids but with the big C church family, right? Like other believers together coming from all ages and stages of life, worshiping our King together. Well, you know, I wonder, cause if I think back when I was younger, um, and maybe this was just an issue, not an issue. Maybe this was how they did it at that church, or maybe this is how it used to be the model and we've gone away from, I'm not sure, but I think back and they basically had uh, like a Sunday school hour and then the worship service mm. hour. And so the Sunday school hour, there was no service. Everybody went in and went to different Sunday schools, you know, adult or kid yeah. or whatever. And then they didn't offer anything for kids up. I mean, it was like up to pre-K, right? So little, little kids um, could still have something in that second hour. But then everybody had to be together in the service second hour. Now, I don't know if places still do that. I don't right. know if that was just like yeah. an older model that yeah. as we've kind of pursued for lack of a better word, preferential services, mm. that it became just more and more divided and more and more right. offering that. Right. But I wonder what it would look like to get to a place where we said, look, we we are going to encourage family worship more and yeah. we're not going to give you the option not to. Right. I love that. Um, and yeah, I think what's happened is in our culture, we we kind of live in this world where it's the Burger King model, right? You're away right away at right. Burger King now. So um, we've, it's not just fast food, it's everything in our lives. We want it exactly how we want it and when we want it. And so we've started to then push that into the church where it's okay. I want my kid to not be in here because I mean, I feel like for some families, it's almost become like this. Okay. Now I get a hour to an hour and right. a half break from my kids. Sure. Yo, church is not, for that. Right. Right. Like, right. I don't see anywhere in scripture where it says, all right, let's for sake of worshiping our creator, let's make sure we don't do it together. 
Right. And which is why I love it so much when I do see kids in our service on a right. Sunday. And I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, you've done the same. I'm starting. We're at a point now where I'm doing the same, where I'm encouraging my kids. Right. Sit in there with us one hour yeah. instead of finding something else. Um, because the other thing is, especially here, like there's a lot of opportunity. Like there's yeah. places our kids can serve. They can help out yep. with even littler kids or in the nursery or, or there's, there's things that they can do. But it's like can we try to put some time aside to sit together? And I think that's cool, but yeah. Um, well, and I, I know people will push back on that and say, Oh, well, Matt, as you know, next gen pastor, you're just trying to find less to do. You want, you want kids and youth in worship service so that you don't have to lead it. That's not true at all. Right. Like we have really good programming for our next generation students and children on a Sunday morning. But if that's all we ever offer them, we're failing them. Right. Like we need them to see and watch older generations live out their faith. Right. And if I'm keeping them isolated and separate all the time, I'm failing them because they're not getting that opportunity to see what it actually looks like to follow Jesus, to worship him. If I'm just always surrounded by my peers as a fourth grader, they're not going to worship Jesus the same way that like a 40, 50, 60, 70 year old will. Right. I want our kids to be able to see that. Um, but I also recognize that developmentally everyone's different. And so the God's word doesn't change, but maybe how I communicate that I can engage a fourth grader differently than I would engage an 80 year old. Sure. Um, and so that's, there's still value in our Sunday morning programming. Mm -hmm. But I think as, parents, we need to be inviting our kids in with us as often as we can. Um, we need to be modeling for them what it looks like to worship and serve uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, if it's not on a Sunday morning, other times, like if we're not, if we're just going to worship service once a week and we're not doing anything else as it relates to Christian living and actually following Jesus and submitting my life over to him. I think we're failing our kids. Um, they need sure. to see it modeled by many people, uh, not just church leaders. That's true. And it, it kind of made me think of something you were talking about just to skip back a little bit before we keep moving forward. Um, you were talking about this idea that, you know, the stats about kids leaving and how all they've known is kind of this hypey Sunday morning thing. Hmm. And there's kind of this phrase I've heard it used a few times. Um, and this is with anything, youth, um, church in general, which is what, what you get them there with is what you keep them right, with, right. there with. And so it's like, if they're there because they want the hypey stuff, if that, if you're using all that as just your means to draw them and then hoping that along the way, maybe the Jesus stuff will stick and then they'll stay for that. That's a lot harder. Whereas if they come because they love Jesus all that hypey stuff is fun, right? but even if that changes or if that's not there or if they're in a different situation like the sanctuary or, or what whatever you have, if it's all about they just love God and want to know him more, then none of that stuff is going to matter as much. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember the church I grew up in. Um, it was, it was a larger church, um, and the youth would often sit on, like, one side of the, the worship service on a Sunday morning. And what would happen was, you know, when you get a bunch of teenagers together, there's going to be a little bit of distraction happening. Uh, and our lead pastor at that church, 
yelled at them from the pulpit on a oh, Sunday that's... morning in front of what this service probably had 800 people in it at the time. That's cringy. Um, several of those teenagers did not come back to church. Right. That moment made them realize that, okay, we're not loved. We're not valued. We're not even wanted here. Mm. So I'm going to go find somewhere else in the world where I am loved, valued, and wanted. And that right. breaks my heart um, because <laughs> as the church, like we should be the ones who love, value, and want people the most. Right. Right. Isn't that the model that Jesus gave us? That's the idea. To go and love and serve right. and invite them in. Um, and yeah, we just, we live in this culture and, and, I, and I feel it changing. I see it changing a little bit, but where youth are often looked down upon. Right. And that reminds me of first Timothy four twelve, right? Which like as a teenager was impactful to me and is one of the reasons why I'm in ministry today is because this verse was taught to me and encouraged regularly in my life. It says, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young but set an example for believers in speech and life and love and faith and impurity. So as a young person, now this is written by Paul to Timothy, who was a young pastor. Um, but it seems like because of his age, because he was young, people looked down on him, but Paul encouraged him to know actually for all believers, you even as a young person get to set an example. Right. And like, I want that for our youth. Like, look, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus. If you love Jesus, you have the opportunity to show others that and set that example in faith and life and love and purity. Um, it's just a really encouraging thing and encouraging for then like our older generations of like, don't look down on the youth because God has called them the same way that he's called you into a relationship with him through faith in Jesus. Right. And how dare I look upon them with like disdain or, oh, you're not old enough to really know what you know. Like, right. Well, it makes me think again, you think back to Jesus and, and the example of, and this is even younger, but you know, people were bringing kids to him. Kids obviously right. liked hanging out with Jesus and he liked hanging out, you know, um, with them. And people are like, no, don't bother Jesus. Right. Like, try to pull the kids away. And he stopped them. And he's like, no, what are you doing? It's like the same thing with like our church service. Like if you don't want kids in there, you're on the wrong side of that argument. Right. When you see how Jesus responded. Right. Like that's kind of a, it's a, it's a weird stance. And I've yeah. seen, fortunately not here, but I've seen churches yeah. take that stance and it, it always strikes me as, as so strange. So yeah. if that's kind of what, so next gen, your birth through high school, essentially, or maybe even a little bit of mm -hmm. young adult, it's mm -hmm. kind of bleeds out in that direction. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of your goal, your focus, your passion. We talk about how that looks like on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week and everything like that, if that's kind of where we are, as, as we continue down this, where do you see this type of ministry going? So you're, you know, you charted the course. We said this is at, at one point there wasn't anything like this, right? There was right. maybe Sunday school for little little kids, but everybody else was just expected, you know, sit in the main service with right. church. Then we started offering specialized programming for that, um, as to maybe supplement or, you know, put the method in a different way to hit reach these kids a little bit better. Mm -hmm. We go through the eighties and nineties of that where youth group really gets to me. It seems like it was all about just kind of the insanity, like especially right. listening to like 
older youth pastors talk about what it was like in the 80s right. where they're like out in the woods burying volunteers with a straw and giving the kids a map to find them. Like, That's a shout out to our friend Keith Kruger right there. <laughs> and it's just crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to this, Keith, but if you do, I still that story is burned in my mind. <laughs> um, and so it's like, it was almost kind of like the shock value of like, we've got to do like, I heard about stuff with uh, Young Life. I mean, they would do like gross out games. Right. Con- that, that was yeah. kind of their shtick, right? Where we kind of make you disgusted, but it draws people in. Right. And so we've kind of charted that path, and it's almost become, as opposed to a supplement, then we've seen it kind mm. of take over and become the main way kids experience God and church, and that's how they relate to it. Um, as we move forward and as we look ahead and as we think about what's coming up next, um, we've seen so much change in our culture. Um, we've seen our culture move into almost a post-Christian yeah. mindset, which is a, a episode for another right. day. But what do you see youth group looking like as we move into the future? Or not youth group, but youth ministry. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, this has been something... I'm always thinking about is, okay, God, what's, what's next? What do you have for this is, you know, constantly evaluating what you're doing. Is it accomplishing our goals here at Discovery Fellowship Church? It's to help people to worship God, love his word and build people. And so that applies through all of our ages. That is our goal for everyone who comes through these doors and we have the opportunity to interact with. And so regularly asking is what we're doing, accomplishing that. And I think that the old model of youth ministry um, while it has its place and has its value and we shouldn't necessarily throw it out completely, I don't think is accomplishing the goals we thought it would. Um, it is getting people in the room, at least it used to, uh, it's, you know, getting that mass, but there's no depth. There's no spiritual growth. It's creating maybe fans of Jesus and not followers of Jesus as Kyle Eidelman would say. It's a Kyle Eidelman yep. uh, shout out um, there. Right. In his book, Not a Fan, it really points out that we've been creating these people who know a lot about Jesus, but don't know who Jesus is and his plan for the lives and the worth they have in him. And so um, something I constantly come back to is as a church, like I can't out entertain the world, Hmm. right? Our students are bombarded with media nonstop. It is so accessible and highly entertaining media is super accessible to them at their fingertips, literally at their fingertips on their phones. Um, It's something I can't compete with. And I think it's something that Jesus never tried to compete with Hmm. because there was no point in it. He didn't need to compete with that because he was enough. And so I think what what I see happening with youth ministry moving forward is it's going to be less about that hype and that mass and that um, just getting numbers in the room because that's not sustainable as far as like individual personal faith goes Mm. that like you said what i draw them with is what i keep or what keeps them there right Right, so it's that idea of like if it's the hype when that goes away because i've graduated high school i graduated youth group now going away to college Mm. um and and that's gone for a lot of people that's where their faith goes as well Mm. um they start to then question well oh man if you know this is what it is. And I never knew about that. I must've been taught wrong or whatever it might be. Um, and so my, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, you know, maybe it's like they go and it's not all that. And so then it's like, well, church is boring, right? Church is dull Yeah. because I, my only perspective is that church is this crazy hype machine. Yeah. It, (laughs) which 
church is not boring. Right. Um, and should never be boring because right. the object of our worship is the most creative being ever. Right. Right. Like God created everything you see. Like, <laughs> come on. He's, he's got it, something it's going, it's, right? Yeah. It's crazy if we think like when, and that's almost like a stereotype of church is like, it's right. this dull, dry, dusty, kind of boring thing. And it's like, it, it doesn't need to be, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. It's, it's so sad when I hear, um, young people be like, well, I, d- I don't want to go to church because it's boring. Right. It's boring for you because you do not know who you're worshiping. Sure. So let's take a step back. Let's start there. Who is it that you're worshiping? Who's the object of your worship? Um, And so I think for youth ministry, what we're going to see, what I long for us to see is going back to the basics. All right, that is the end of our discussion for today. Again, as I mentioned earlier, we just had a couple technical issues. Uh, We'll have that resolved completely by next week. Again, you're not going to want to miss it. Next week, we are going to continue on in our series on the Pillars of Discovery, where we talk about building people. Uh, We're going to have a special guest. As always, you can reach us at podcast at dfchurch.com. And like I said, we'll circle back on our next-gen discussion at a uh, later date as well, because there is a lot of good material that we did not get a chance to cover. We'll see you next week.